0: Welcome to the PBO Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vander Vliet with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vander Vliet here, of course, with my trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Wolf. Now it is casual day here at the PBL studio. So, uh, I'm here to hand t-shirt and Woody, well, Woody, he's got his, his holiday tie on. He is a very festive dog. He's ready for Christmas. Yeah, I know. I know. Thanksgiving. He enjoys cause the table scraps, but if you watch the video, he's got his Christmas tie on. So Woody is all set. He actually go on. Woody, you gotta be the um, um, arms, arms, of the show. So he's got to go do his duty. So Woody, Woody loves holidays. And winners Christmas die for quite a few days. Anyway, welcome to this episode of the PBO podcast: politics and brown liquor. It's just getting sillier and sillier. So we're going to do an election update. Uh, I'm going to get into what what does a Biden presidency look like? As and you know, there's also a story I'm going to share with you how the media uh, is doing exactly what they uh, what they do to convince people uh, what they should think got a really good story uh, from PJ Media I'm going to share with you later. And, of course, Black Lives Matters, you know, now that it looks like Biden presidency is inevitable in their eyes. Well, they have demands. Mm. (laughs) He knew that was going to (laughs) come. Anyway, let's do uh, election updates, and then we'll get into all the stories of the day. First off, biggest update is Joe Biden is still not president-elect. That's right. He is not. Now, there's two ways he becomes president-elect the states certify and once they certify then he's officially president-elect and then on November or I'm sorry December 14th the electoral college meets and they vote for the president and if he wins he's the president-elect uh those two other two ways the other way is when the opponent concedes uh Donald Trump has not conceded he has taken the advice of none other than Hillary Clinton and is not conceding this race, as well he shouldn't, there's too many questions. There's just way too many questions. So I, for one, I eh, want these questions answered, and if they don't go to Trump's favor, fine, guess what? I've been saying this for a while, and it's true today as it was yesterday, the left are the biggest winners here. If, if they allow Trump to go through this process to verify these elections, and it turns out that Biden won great, absolutely great that means votes weren't disenfranchised we should we should uh pursue every allegation of voter fraud uh small or large i mean you know if there is one vote that was disenfranchised we should pursue that now what trump the trump campaign is claiming is there were thousands upon thousands and it could sway the election so but if and if he's wrong Great, he's wrong. Biden becomes a president now. At least we know, and the left will actually be the ones with more strength of that. I mean, if if Trump pushes it to the nth degree and it turns out Biden's the winner, then they have more. They actually might just achieve some sort of mandate because they can say, "Look, look what happened." Look, but they don't want to do that. Uh, they want to shut it down. You know, I, I shared with you yesterday how Biden said uh, back in one of the debates with Chris, the debate with Chris Wallace, that. He wants every vote counted. He won't claim the winner until the election's certified. Blah blah blah. Lie lie lie. So, that's first update, number two uh, uh, update number one. Update number two. Let's get to the house races. These are moving fast. We are down to only 9 seats left to be called in the house. And here's where we're standing right now the Republicans have 208 seats in the House and to the Democrats' 218. Now, if you listen to the show yesterday, they, the Republicans had 204 to the Democrats' 218. So the Republicans gained four more seats. And it's, it's possible of those nine seats remaining, um, they could gain one, two, three, four, five, six more seats. That's right, 214. So the Republicans are going to come out of this At 212 to 214 seats in the House of Representatives. Now, yeah, I know 218 is a majority, but that means they could have a four to six, only four to six seats that prevents the Republicans from having a majority, the slimmest majority for the Democrats in a long, long time. And again, as I mentioned, as, as legislation comes down, you're going to have a lot of Democrat seats that are vulnerable seats. In fact, all these Democrat seats just now that uh, are still up for grabs or that haven't been called, they're vulnerable seats. All those Democrat seats that were just called or that were called after the election are vulnerable seats because, you know, if it's a close to a 50-50 vote and the Democrats win, that means there's a lot of Republicans in their district. That means they could, if one, one wrong move, lose their seat in two years. So here's where we're at. California 21, District 21, is uh, 91% of the vote in. And again, these percentages, by the way, are all, if you don't take those at face value, uh, 91%, however, uh, 51.4 to 48.6 for the, um, in favor of the Republicans. So. Chances are uh, it's a Republican seat, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, in District 25 in California, you've got a 50-50 race leaning Republican. The Republicans are actually up in that race with 99% reported in, 160 votes. So that's a squeaker. But the Republicans could win that. In California, District 39, the Republicans with 99 percent of that district in the Republicans leading 50.6 to the Democrats, 49.4. So the remaining three House seats in California, California, ladies and gentlemen, California are leaning Red. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. No, I do mean to laugh. I think it's just actually, the irony is just too rich not to laugh. Uh, in Illinois, there's one seat still contested. It is leaning Democrat. Uh, Democrats are leaning leading 50.5 to 49.5. This is District 14, if you're in District 14. I do have a lot of people from Illinois that listen to this show. 99.78 uh, percent in, so chances of that one flipping to Republican. Uh, the odds are, against it but you never know it's still out and then in iowa district 2 it's 50 50 with uh, a lean toward the republicans by by only 40 votes so there's, and it states one one report had 89% in, another report had 99% in. So I have no idea where Iowa too, but right now it's 50-50 leaning Republican, but again, by only 40 votes. New York District 18 is leaning Democrat. Democrats got 51% to the um, Republicans, 48 point something percent, also in District Uh, In New York, District 19, it's leaning Democrat, uh, 50.5% for the Democrats, 47.5% for the Republicans. So chances are, you know, Democrats are going to hold those two seats. Utah, yeah, Utah, District 4, uh, it's a squeaker with 97% in. The Republicans are leading with 47.5% to the Democrats, 47%. This is Utah. must be a Mitt Romney stronghold of some sort uh yeah that was a joke but was it really uh and then in um one last oh another one i missed in new york that i added to the list district three is leaning republican this is a new york district uh republican currently has 50.5 to the democrats 49 percent. so right now as it stands uh with without these nine races called the republicans have 208 seats in the house of representatives that's an increase of 11 so far that's right remember how they told us the democrats were going to uh you know add seats to the house of representatives right now you got about a dozen seats flipped to Demo- to republicans yeah, the pollsters got that one wrong, didn't they? Uh huh. In fact, Fox News—I know they're taking a beating right now—called um, called it early when they called Arizona that it looked like also the Democrats were going to gain some seats in the House. Didn't happen, and it, and it looks like the Republicans are still going to gain one, two, three, four seats at least. So their eleven seats will turn into fifteen seats, and then there's two more that are too close to call 50 50 uh it's a possibility that the republicans are gaining what is this how many 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 seats 17 seats and we're supposed to believe that um Biden won this election when there's no down ballot. It just didn't happen. Now, it, over in the Senate, there's no change in the Senate. Right now, it is all on Georgia. North Carolina was called for Republicans. Alaska was finally called for the Republicans. It's all on Georgia. This, right now, the Republicans have the 50 seat a hold in the Senate. They need one more to control the Senate. So here in this, the beautiful state of Georgia, we've got two seats that are going into a runoff. Now, uh, the possibility of both of those seats turning Democrat, honestly, uh, in, a, in a normal world, it, it's not very possible, but this is in a normal world. Um we have prominent Democrats. Uh, we have Hollywood Democrats stating they're all going to move to Georgia to sway the vote. And they're encouraging other people, if they can do so, move to Georgia to sway the vote, because I think you have until I forget what date where you can register to vote here in Georgia and vote in the runoff election in um, January 5th, which is really completely underhanded but that's so much what the democrats are about that's what they do anyway so we all know that so we got the house uh tilting towards the republicans which is a beautiful thing now again i i'm going to keep mentioning this because i the the plan is to to completely completely shut out the democrat party to push them down into the dustbin of history and the way you do that is you got you you give them you let them keep a little bit of power no. And this is I mean, again, this is just working out beautifully in the House. I mean, just be, I could have asked for a better scenario. I mean, I, I wanted the Democrats to retain the House. And not only are they retaining the House, but the, the, the cherry on top is they're only retaining it by a, a, less than a, a or a single point, a single uh, digit lead. I mean, that's just it's beyond my wildest expectations that the House would be this tight. Because here's what needs to, what's going to happen. And, and again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a broken record here. I've said this several times. The Democrats are going to go ape shit crazy. Um, now, the, the caveat here is the Republicans need to hold the Senate. But if the, and it looks like they will. But if the Republicans hold the Senate, and it still isn't if I get it. Uh, the Democrats are going to be angry. They're just going to be angry. We're, we're going to see them on full display. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Oh, you Democrats, you leftists, you know you're going to do this, too. You're already doing it. You're already showing what absolute nuts you are. Your squad, your squad, which is leading your caucus. I mean, they, they have the loudest voice and you can't control them. <laughs> they get a lot of votes in their districts. You can't control them. They're going to keep being reelected and they're going to gain more and more power. And they're going to get more and more crazy, and the American people are going to see the Democrat Party for who they really are. That's the thing about the new Democrats, the young Democrats, the squad, if you will, is they, they, think, what, they think this socialism, communism, totalitarianism thing is good. They think it's good for the country, and they're not afraid to tell you. Now, the difference between them and the old Democrats, the old school Democrats, well, not the old school Democrats, because old school Democrats are actually moderates, but them and the party leaders that are in their 70s and 80s that have clung to power for all these years and want the same thing the young ones do, is the older ones know that the American public have no appetite for socialism. They know that overall, Amer- the American populace will reject them, and they have. I know, I know, it's really, it's really really disheartening what's happening with the presidential election right i mean uh i'm gonna get into what a biden presidency is gonna look like here in a little bit but it, it's very disheartening i get it i get it completely i mean it's not where i wanted it to go i wanted trump second term and there's still a slight chance he could it's slim it's slim no doubt but it's time to realize that the democrat party is not winning here They just are not winning. All right, let's talk about Trump's reelection bid right now. Uh, and what's going on with the lawsuits. And there are tons and tons and tons and tons of lawsuits going on. There's lawsuits been filed in Michigan, but I, uh, it's not a whole lot we're going to be able to do in Michigan. I hate to break it to everybody. Um, Trump is down 146,000 votes in Michigan, and I've seen some reports where there's 40,000 vote irregularity. Uh, it's insurmountable, and I hate using that word. I'll probably get bashed for that word, but I just don't see it happening in Michigan. And, I mean, unless, again, the um, – I mentioned it on uh, yesterday, there's this story out there percolating on the glitches in the systems that switched everything, unless those things can be absolutely proven without a doubt, and that is a tall order, ladies and gentlemen, please don't think it's not, it is a tall order. Election fraud is a tall order. And the people who perpetrate this on a massive scale, a wide scale, a large scale, they know they know how to manipulate it to where it makes it nearly impossible to prove in court. What the Trump's best line of action right now is, is to go after the states where the majority is slimmer and invalidate certain votes, like, for example, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Biden, as I checked it this morning, has a 53,000, a little over 53,000 lead against Trump. So there are these ballots that came in after Election Day where uh, this is that case that went to the Supreme Court when it was a 4-4 decision. Uh, The lower court, you know, the legislator or somebody, I can't remember which entity anyway, in Pennsylvania, they fought to say that these votes should be counted three days after the election. And it went to court in the lower courts of Pennsylvania, basically said, yes, they can do, you know, these, these, uh, the grace period is okay. Uh, Because of the pandemic, they're allowing uh, votes that arrive after election day up to three days to be counted. So I went to court and I went to the Supreme Court and it was a 4-4 decision in the Supreme Court. So that means the lower court ruling stood and that lower court ruling was, yes, we can count these votes. So now the Trump administration is filing some suits in Pennsylvania to push that again. And Judge Justice Alito uh, has said, set aside all of the votes that came in after Election Day, because most likely that part's going to go to the Supreme Court. Now, here's the problem. And I've read it on several um, – I was try to find how many votes were set aside, how many votes came in after Election Day. Would it matter? If Joe Biden is up 53,000, you'd have to have uh, probably about 100,000 votes come in after Election Day. And the most that I can find in any story was 10,000. So I'm not sure that there's enough votes there in Pennsylvania to overturn that. Without Pennsylvania, there is no win. Um, there just is no win, even if they can turn Pennsylvania over. And and, and by the way, somebody's going to call me on turning Pennsylvania over because it hasn't been called yet. You're right. You're absolutely right. Even if they can win Pennsylvania through these court challenges, uh, not only would they have to invalidate those votes that came in after they'd have to invalidate some other votes they'd have to find other irregularities not outright fraud but irregularities irregularities meaning there were signatures that were not verified how many does it all add up so this is why the trump administration is throwing a lot at the table right now as far as um um lawsuits because they know as well as you know it's this is the election of a thousand cuts it's not just one big thing that's going to happen like florida in 2000 was it in the election of 2000 it was all about florida well now you got pennsylvania georgia arizona wisconsin and michigan those are the states where you've got potential irregularities that can tip this to trump's favor a tall order wisconsin by the way uh, Biden is up twenty thousand five hundred forty votes. Uh, I'm, you know, um, Arizona eleven thousand six hundred thirty five votes, Georgia fourteen thousand and eighty five votes. Again, Michigan's one hundred forty six thousand votes. Tall orders here to over to do all these, but. The Trump administration is doing just that. They're not going to let go. They're not going to acquiesce. They're going to fight it, and they should. There absolutely is no reason why they should not fight this. Uh, So here, you know, a couple of lawsuit issues or lawsuit stories. uh, Here from the Federalist, new lawsuit alleges Pennsylvania Democrats broke election law. In the latest of several lawsuits against Pennsylvania election officials, Republicans say Deputy Elections Secretary Jonathan Marks violated state code by notifying Democrat Party representatives of ballots that were rejected before the polls closed. In a process called curing ballots, officials note which ballots are set to be rejected and reach out to the voter to allow him to cast a new provisional ballot. Election officials in Pennsylvania allegedly told Democrat operatives the names and contact information of voters whose ballots were rejected before the end of Election Day, which Republicans say violates state law. Again, the thousand cut analogy is they, the Trump administration has to get those ballots that came in after Election Day tossed out and they have to go after stuff like what I just mentioned. It's the only way, the only way that they're going to be able to turn uh, these states to favor trump so pennsylvania's ground zero but you know they're working on michigan too and arizona now the arizona state attorney general has come out and said that he he doesn't think the um, the votes are going to go in coming in enough to give it to trump this is the he's a republican attorney general and has come out and stated that most likely biden won so you've got the republican attorney general saying oh you know it looks like biden's you know got it uh There's no election fraud. You got Democrat attorney generals prior like the one in Pennsylvania prior to the saying our state's going to go Biden. Yeah, leave it up to the Republicans to going to be wishy washy on this and not support the cause. But anyway, I digress. That's not a surprise to us, is it? Uh, And then in Michigan. Trump campaign files second lawsuit in Michigan over election following its failed attempt to stop the counting of ballots in Michigan last week. The reelection campaign for President Donald Trump on Wednesday filed a second lawsuit in the state seeking to prevent it from certifying election results until officials can ensure no unlawful ballots were cast in the election. Notice what they said there, that no unlawful ballots were cast in the election. They just and they want to stop the state from certifying. That's all. Just give it time. I agree with that. Now, I don't I don't think Trump without um, uncovering that glitch election fraud that we talked about yesterday. I don't think he can pull off Michigan. There's just too many votes. I hate to say it, you know, put put some sticks in me, you know, whatever. But it's one hundred forty six thousand Biden is a tall, tall order. Uh, the article goes on, the complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Michigan is part of a broader litig- lit- litigious, uh, get that word out, never mind, litigation, campaign by the president, who has yet to concede defeat in the general election to, dis- to discredit its results that show Democrat challenger Joe Biden has won the presidency. That's right, it should. Uh, Trump and his team have sued several states and counties, citing voter fraud and tabulation irregularities, despite a lack of evidence. So you see where the this article is going, but there are a lot of irregularities. We should know. We should know. But here is some um, some of the irregularities in the state of Michigan alone. And again, I, I call out Michigan as a tall order. It's a tall order. Eyewitnesses. Here's the allegations. Eyewitnesses saw a batch of ballots. Sixty percent had same signature. You know, uh, what do you do with that? I mean, it's an allegation. Eyewitnesses saw batches of ballots with sixty percent had same signature. So you'd have to push all of this. This is the kitchen sink approach the Trump administration is doing in Michigan, right? Eyewitness saw ballot match scan five times. Five times is not going to change much. Eyewitness saw fifty ballots fed many times into scanners. Okay, so you know how do you how do you figure that one out? If the eyewitness and eyewitness it says eyewitness by the way, eyewitness say January 1, 1900 was. Re- courted in poll book as the date of birth for many not in books so they could count ballots didn't say how many eyewitness saw 35 ballots counted even though not connected to voter record eyewitness saw poll workers marking ballots with no mark for candidates and by the way if i didn't mention it this is what the lawsuit is alleging the trump lawsuit is alleging eyewitness saw ballots counted with no signature postmark uh voters said the deceased son was recorded as voting twice. Eyewitness saw provisional ballots placed in tabulation box. Passengers drop off more ballots than people in car. Witness saw ballots received after election were being predated counted. Failed software that caused error in Antrim County used in Wayne County. That's the one I mentioned the other day where it was the glitch. They didn't update the software, so magically it took Trump voters to Biden voters. Uh, GOP challengers not readmitted, but Dems admitted. GOP challengers challengers forced to stay away while Dems were not. GOP challengers physically pushed from county tables by officials. GOP challengers subjected to racial harassment. Dem challengers gave out packet tactics to distract GOP challengers. This is all allegations from witnesses. Election officials covered windows so challengers couldn't observe. Election officials cheered when GOP challenger rejected. GOP challengers Challenges to suspect, balance, ignore. Challengers barred from observing ballot duplication process. Platitudes. I hate platitudes, and all that was platitudes. And I hate to say it. I support this president, but all of that was platitudes. Now, I get what they're trying to do. What the Trump administration is trying to do is they're trying to show enough doubt to get a recount. And they're hoping, and it is a hope, wishy-washy word, that that recount will equal to more than 146,123 votes going to Trump versus Biden. And I guess it would be 124. Ah, it's a tall order, ladies and gentlemen. It is an election of a 1,000 cuts. And, you know, it, it, it sometimes, you know, it's just a tall order. That's what this is. There's another lawsuit that claims 40,000 plus fraudulent ballot ballots pumped through Detroit for Joe Biden. 40,000 is not enough. At some point, you got to say, all right, this is like, eh." I, I again, I agree that the Trump campaign, do not get me wrong, that the Trump campaign should do this. They should. Every vote. If there's one vote that was fraudulent, it should be sussed out. It absolutely should. Uh, and again, what they're doing, the Trump administration, is they're trying to prevent the state of Michigan from certifying the results. Because remember, as I said at the top of the show, certifying the results starts leading to president-elect. Once it's certified, you know, it goes to Electoral College next. And I don't think you're going to get um, a lot of votes in Electoral College that are going to defy what the state numbers are. It, just, it, it happens, but it, have to, it would have to happen on a wide scale. Uh, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. We're hitting close to reality. Remember, reality is the Democrats lost bigly. They lost bigly. Uh, was there voter fraud? I believe there was voter fraud. Again, I've been saying this from the get-go. This is uh, the election of a thousand cuts. And how do you, how do you uh, overcome a thousand cuts of voter fraud? It's too much. This is the Democrats tactic. They do this all the time. They do this in debate is they throw so much at you and you're supposed to kind of counter everything that they throw at you. It's a uh, it's a common tactic of the left. So let me go on. Let me finish up. Um, there's also a story here from uh, Patriot Daily Press. Uh, Trump campaign files lawsuit on Pennsylvania election result. Does it have a case? The Trump campaign has filed an electing complaint in federal court challenging Pennsylvania's administration of the 2020 presidential election as a violation of the Constitution's equal protection clause. This is the theory under which 20 years ago, the Supreme Court invalidated Florida's presidential election vote counting procedures in Bush v. Gore. The main target of the suit is the 682,479 mail-in and absentee ballots submitted from the Democratic stronghold holds of Philadelphia and uh, Allegheny counties. I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, the latter includes Pittsburgh. According to current reported returns, presumptive presidential elect, uh, Biden defeated President Trump in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania by about 46,000 votes. So there's an 86-page complaint to file. So you, their uh, National Review uh, wrote this story originally, which is a little more of a credible uh, outlet than. Uh, Patriot Daily Press they're just delivering this information from the National Review so does he have a case it's hard to say at this point in time now again now we're in Pennsylvania I agree that those votes that came in after the election shouldn't be counted but if they only equate to 10,000 it's not gonna help and it but I you know the number was so hard to find it was just so hard in Pennsylvania Uh, Now, the article I just read said 46,000 votes, but it's actually 53,219 last I checked. Now, Trump here has a better case in Pennsylvania. If you can get the, you know, those, that 10,000 number I called out as far as the votes coming in after election, there's a reason why you can't find that information readily. Either the state of Pennsylvania doesn't know yet or they're not reporting it yet. But you're at 40, 53,000 votes in Pennsylvania. This one, if, if Trump can suss out Pennsylvania and turn Pennsylvania to Trump, to positive Trump, uh, then he's got more of a chance. But again, you know, a thousand cuts. So he would have to get Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona. If he doesn't get Arizona, he loses. There is no path to victory without Arizona at this point unless somehow magically Nevada, and Nevada's off the picture now. Nevada, nobody talks about Nevada. The numbers have gone to Biden. So right now, Trump's path to victory is he has to get Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, and Arizona. And Arizona, we got 11,635 boats. There there are not too many left. He'd have to get about 60% of what's left out there. It's doable, but even the attorney general of the state, who is a Republican, came out and said, it's not probable. So if Trump can magically turn Pennsylvania to his favor, and keep Georgia. He's at 268 electoral votes to Biden's 270. Now you go back to Michigan, which is a tall order. I mean, Michigan is just a tall order. Uh, he can, if he wins, turns that, who wins? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, there's only 20,540 vote difference. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on this, but as each day goes by, it gets harder and harder and harder. But that's what the media wants you to think. But e, you, just, you just totally reverse that. You just totally you said, wait a minute. You're saying that it's a tall order. You're saying all this. I go, yeah. And the media wants you to continue to think that. The media wants you to give up. I don't want the Trump administration to give up. They're not going to give up. This is not that kind of administration. Don't get me wrong. But mentally, this is draining. I mean, agree? I mean, I, we all are going through this. I keep going back to the House race that I think is just phenomenal what the GOP pulled out in the House. I know they didn't get a win, but my God, they got so close. And then if they keep the Senate, that's that's like paramount right now. But here's a, p- a piece from PJ Media. Now we know why the New York Times said the media declared the election winner. So uh, if anything has come clear in this strange year, it is that the left is not stupid. It's evil. This is their reporting, but I agree with it. And so when the New York Times tweeted that it was the media's job to declare the winner of the presidential election, people laughed at the ignorance of the miseducated millennials who run the propaganda leader's Facebook page. But instead of laughing, they should have been asked themselves what the Times agenda was in publishing such a patently false statement. Now the answer is clear. The Times, along with the rest of the establishment media, is doing everything it can to establish the inevitability of the Biden-Harris presidency before the president's court challenges reach the Supreme Court, so as to make the court as hesitant to buck the prevailing winds as it is when it approves of Obamacare. I'm going to go ahead and save the rest of this for the next segment, and I'm going to get into how the media is manipulating you and how they want you to basically just stop, sit down, shut up. And also, don't miss the second segment, because I'm going to tell you, show you what BLM is demanding of a potential Biden-Harris presidency. Thank you for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Do check out our website, pblpodcast.com, and yeah, all of our social media links are there. We, we ask you to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe, 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 and help us with the algorithms. And also, if you're listening to this on Apple, iTunes, please do subscribe to us as well and give us a five-star rating. It's our way of fighting the big tech and moving up into the algorithm. They can't do anything about subscriptions. They can't do anything about ratings. And we can do everything about it ourselves. Thank you again for listening to this segment of PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.